today is Sanctity of Human Life Sunday, and um, so we are honored to have Gina Russell. She's the Executive Director of the Pregnancy Resource Center. Let me just tell you this now that I've sat through one of the messages, and I know what she's going to talk about. You will not ever, and this is, we're talking a lot about abortion today, okay? Um, it's a huge deal in our in our country. I, I mentioned this in the first service because I've got to wrap my brain around big numbers. Big numbers are, and, and so 56 million, that's the number of lives lost since Roe v. Wade. Um, I'm a big Panthers fan, okay? You, know, you already know that. So they play eight home games a year. Bank of America Stadium holds like 73,000 some odd number. And so it would take 95 years let me say that again. 95 years of sold-out home Panther games to equal the number of lives that have been lost. That's a staggering amount, okay? And what I want you to know as your pastor is that this, this lady that's going to stand in front of you today and speak, I don't know outside of Wendy if I know a more compassionate person in this area. It's a hard thing to talk about. It's um, People get offended, they get hurt, they get mad because we've, as you'll hear from some statistics, all of us are affected by it. But God is passionate about life. And I am passionate as a pastor to, to introduce you to somebody maybe you've never met before. You need to get to know Miss Gina Russell. She is 100% committed to, she won't, she'll tell you she's not, but she's absolutely the rock star in this area for life. God's using her in a great way, and she, he's using the Pregnancy Resource Center. So you're the gathering. Um, you know how to clap. I want to hear you give a big gathering welcome to Miss Gina Russell. Thank you for that. Um, he, he said earlier I was the expert on life, and um, in the first service, and I said, no, I'm not, but I know the expert on life, so if that makes me a rock star, then okay, I'm a rock star. Um, I'll, be, I'll be happy to be that. Um, good morning. It's, it's great to see everybody here this morning, and, and today is Sanctity of Life Sunday, and as I prepare and get my notes out here, um, you know, Paul gave you some numbers um, in relation to the Panther Stadium. I'm going to give you some more numbers. Um, in, you realize in 2001, on September 11th, there were over 3,500 lives that were extinguished when those two planes crashed into the Twin Towers of the World Trade Center, and the world mourned. On September 12th, on September 13th, on September 14th, on September 15th, and day after day after day, 3,300 to 4,000 lives were extinguished due to abortion. Every day in America today, 3,300 unborn babies' lives are taken in what is called pro-choice. That's 23,100 a week, 92,400 each month, and 1.2 million each year. And who is having these abortions? Well, let me share that with you. Four out of ten women in America will have an abortion by the age 45 58% of them are in their 20s. 61% have one or more children. 56% are married, are unmarried, excuse me, and not living with the birth father. 69% are economically disadvantaged. And this is the one that gets me. 73% report a religious affiliation. One out of three men in the church today in America has experienced an abortion, one out of three. 
So 41 years ago, the Supreme Court of the United States handed down their infamous decision in Roe v. Wade, making abortion on demand a legal reality in this great nation and putting into motion the destruction of over 56 million human babies since then. And we ask ourselves, how can this happen and what can we do about it now? If we are ever to make a difference in the lives of those, we, those who face a crisis pregnancy or the lives of those already scarred by their choice to abort a baby, we will have to dismantle the myths of abortion that abound in our culture. There are two audiences in here today. Those who have experienced abortion, either personally or in the life of someone very close to them, and those who stand outside looking in at this issue. Now, you've heard the statistics, so I know you're in here. God, God sees everything, and if you're here this morning and you have experienced an abortion, man or woman, please stay with me on this. I'm not here to pass judgment. I'm not here to condemn. I'm here to share the truth and love in hopes that you know how much God loves you and values your life. That's my prayer. And my prayer is that God will speak to both groups today the message that God hates abortion but loves those who have been part of one and that as God's representatives, we must do the same thing. So if you have your pen and paper, the myths of abortion are myth number one, God does not have an opinion on abortion. Truth number one, God is pro-life. God is the creator of the unborn. Psalm 139, 13 through 16 says, You made all the delicate inner parts of my body. You knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous, and how well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion, as I was woven together in the dark of the womb. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. God has plans for the unborn. Jeremiah 1.5 Before I formed you in the womb, I knew and approved of you as my chosen instrument. And before you were born, I separated and set you apart, consecrating you, and I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Every person is created by God in the image of God, and this creation is called good by God. So who are we to decide that a human life, however it was conceived, and no matter how small or fragile, is not worthy of fulfilling the destiny he or she was created to fulfill? The truth is that every human life is created by God with a destiny known before they are even born by God and that the practice of abortion must therefore break God's heart. Yet even though people may agree with this, they may still choose to abort an unexpected baby due to their belief in abortion myth number two, which is abortion will solve the problem. Truth number two, abortion causes more problems than it solves. The emotional impact for birth mothers and post-abortion stress include guilt, anger, anxiety, depression, suicidal thoughts, anniversary grief, flashbacks of abortion, sexual dysfunction, relationship problems, eating disorders, alcohol and drug abuse. For birth fathers and extended families, anger over powerlessness, 
guilt over having pressured woman to have an abortion, ongoing feelings of loss. The spiritual consequences are huge. Fear of heaven. This stems from the idea that their aborted child is somehow standing next to God and pointing a finger of re retribution down toward her. Works-based Christianity. Some women, in an effort to pay off the debt they feel to God and to their aborted child, overcommit themselves to church service. If only I serve faithfully, maybe God will accept me, they think. Guilt and feelings of shame create a feeling of distance between women who choose abortion and God. This makes it harder to come to God and experience the forgiveness he offers. This leads to the third myth of abortion, that abortion is unforgivable. The truth number three, abortion is covered by Jesus' blood. Once upon a time, there was a man who traveled town to town, tearing fathers from mothers and parents from children, sending them to jail, and even presiding over their executions. All in what he later discovered was misdirected spiritual zeal. The guilt this man must have felt as he remembered scenes in his past of standing watching men and women be killed by a mob of people throwing stones at them must have been intense. But this man discovered that though his guilt was great, God's mercy is greater. 1 Timothy 1, 15 through 16. This is a true saying, and everyone should believe it. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, and I was the worst of them all. But that is why God had mercy on me, so that Christ Jesus could use me as a prime example of his great patience with even the worst sinners. Then others will realize that they too can believe in him and receive eternal life. Romans 8.1, therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. If you are one of those here today whose heart has been broken by abortion, I want to say two things to you right now. First, there is nothing God wants more than to help you feel his forgiveness. 1 John 1.9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and purify us of all unrighteousness. And secondly, the path to experiencing that forgiveness is not easy, but there is help along the way. The abortion recovery Bible studies, Forgiven and Set Free, and Healing a Father's Heart that are offered by the PRC for free can be of tremendous help in identifying and overcoming the symptoms of PAS, learning to forgive yourself, and experiencing the warm, forgiving embrace of your loving God. Our classes will begin on February 16th and will be held at two different locations. There are cards available with my personal cell phone number on them, if you are interested, and all of our services are confidential. Myth number four, there's nothing I can do to stop abortion in our country. The numbers are staggering, but what can I do? What can anyone do to put an end to this national tragedy? I said earlier in the first service, this is, this is a very difficult, and I don't wanna call it an issue, Numbers are important and statistics are important, but these are people we're talking about. So I hesitate to call abortion an issue. We're talking about lives.
There is much each of us can do. That's truth number four. There is much each of us can do. So I may say something that you don't agree with here, but I'm just going to go for it because you know what? <laughs> Pastor Paul told me I could speak, and I'm going to speak. <laughs> um, vote pro-life. Is this too narrow-minded? If it's true that every abortion actually kills a human child, then voting for someone who is pro-choice is voting for someone who believes women should have the right to kill their children. Would you vote for someone who believes people should have the right to rape someone? How about someone who believed people should have the right to beat up homosexuals or Jews or black Americans or any other minority group? In this great country of ours, the only way the legal landscape of change will take place is through the thoughtful research votes of the pro-life community. The second thing you can do is support your pregnancy care center. You have a bulletin insert this morning um, or one that was handed out to you when you came in. There are a lot of different ways that you can volunteer at the Pregnancy Resource Center. Um, Bethany, myself, Miss Carolyn Ball, we would be happy to talk with you after the service today if you'd like to speak with us about volunteering or just learning more about the PRC. And I would invite everyone to come and to take a look at what we do. The third thing you can do is pray. Pray for God to work in the unseen realm to break down this satanic stronghold in our nation. And then four, love and support those caught in crisis pregnancies. Um, at this time, I'd like to show a short video, and then I will come back up and close this out. whenever I was 
first it was just like, oh, I'm, I'm pregnant, I'm terrified. And now looking back on that, it's, it's changed a lot. Like, then I was just pregnant, now I have a human girl inside of me. Well, whenever, my first thought was, where am I gonna go? Like, I need to know if I'm pregnant, if I'm not pregnant, and I can't go to my doctor, and then it come up on my bill that, or it didn't see my mama bill about it. So I was looking up on the internet, and then that's how I found this. So I drove past here every day, and I never knew what this place was. And so I got my number and I called up here, and they said, yeah, you can come in today for I'm going to figure it out. And I was like, okay. Well, at first this was just a place I was going to go to find out if I was pregnant or not. And now that I know that I, I came here that day, instead of going to like the health department or going to the doctor, that was a big change for me. Because here they taught me about they talked me into telling my mom that day instead of waiting. And they taught me into having her or having, giving her up for adoption, not, not abortion. And they taught me about God, what he would want me to do. Or how things would work out better if I did this or this. And they taught me step by step how to get through it. When I read the papers on how a parent should react when she gets the news, I mean, I, I had not known that. I had done opposite of that. But it did say in there, if you did not react this way or if you react in another way, it's not too late. And that gave me hope. You know, I had not gone too far. You know, Christian was not going to hate me or resent me. And I, you know, I know Christian will resent me they how I acted, but he's not like <laughs> That information was a first implement of hope. The ultrasound, that was the biggest part of being pregnant. Just, I can feel her inside me, but knowing that she's there and she has a head and arms and legs and everything, that was amazing. Bless her 
She's just going to shine radiant for Jesus. She's just going to shine Jesus. <laughs> I hope she understands that, you know, I'm going to make mistakes when she gets older, that she will make good life decisions, that she will stay strong with God, and that she will do everything by His grace and not by what her friends want her to do. So I want to support her every decision and be there for her no matter what. And every I've had a few friends come up to me say, I think I might be pregnant. What do I need to do? Go here. The Pregnancy Resource Center, they, they're amazing. Everyone here, they're like, they've kind of came, they've kind of came a part of my family. So Christian has quite a testimony, and her testimony didn't stop for our banquet. Um, a week before our banquet in May, Christian miscarried Braley seven weeks before her due date. So her testimony continues. She and uh, Braley's father um, spoke at the memorial service, and we have been able to watch God work in the lives of this family. But Christian chose life for Braley, and so she was blessed with her for the time that God gave her um, to them. So um, that is a wonderful testimony in stepping out and trusting and believing what God can do and when the hurt and pain comes, how you continue to depend on God for your, your strength and your love and, and, and the support that he gives. Um, I guess to wrap this up, um, I just, you know, I do have a passion for what we do at the PRC, and I'm not the greatest speaker in the world. I've been doing this for 15 years, and I still get nervous every morning that I need to go speak or do a presentation, And um, but God knows my heart, and he allows me to give the message that he wants me to speak. Um, we have in-house ultrasound. We are desiring to go mobile. We want to have a mobile ultrasound unit to put on the road um, in Montgomery and Stanley counties that will reach out to um, the women who are having abortions and that the highest percentage of women having abortions are those that are 18 through 26. So be in prayer for us as we move forward. We, we operate um, um, debt-free uh, we have believed that ever since we've been able to pay off our mortgage on East North Street, purchase the house on West Main, how God brought that about over a period of time, and we are trusting him to supply what we need for this mobile unit. It will be about $115,000 to purchase this bus and then to maintain it about $15,000 a year. Um, we have a mobile unit fund, which uh, we have a little over $34,000 in that now, and we cast the vision for this mobile unit at our uh, spring banquet in May of 2014. So be in prayer as we move forward, and we want to utilize uh, ultrasound capability in our communities. 
Um, you know, I'm, I'm just going to say, you know, I'm pro-life, and, and God has given me a boldness to be able to share that. Um, and this week, when we celebrate sanctity of human life across this nation, I just feel moved to do more. I don't, you know, my personal story is that God wants me to do more, and there's an opportunity for me. I haven't even had a chance to talk with Miss Carolyn about this, but there's an opportunity for me to go to Russia um, to meet with the missionaries that came to the PRC two years ago. And this is just a God thing. Um, Anastasia was, is called, she's a wonderful Russian uh, woman who's been called to do abortion recovery in Russia where on average um, a woman in Russia will have anywhere from nine to ten abortions in her life. On average. Um, and so uh, through Carolyn, Anastasia came to the PRC um, and so Anastasia is now in Moscow working with and doing things with 40 Days for Life. She's now in Israel for some training, but I'm scheduled to leave for Russia in the middle of May, and I'm going to be meeting up with Lyle and Anastasia, and I just, I know that's a God thing in my life, and when I say that I've been moved to do more, you know, I think about my life and how much I value it. Do you think about yours and how much you value your life? I mean, we all do, let's be honest. So are we placing that value on those that are, that are helpless and that are weak and who don't have a voice? Um, I just pray that you will have a chance and that you will be inspired to do something and to have a voice for the unborn. God hates abortion but loves those who have had one. And I think as God's representatives, we're called to do the same thing. In closing, um, for those two audiences that are here today, those that are on the outside looking in and those that have had abortion and are on the inside looking out, I would, just, I would like to ask these two, two groups to do something. For those of you on the outside looking in at abortion, I'm going to ask that you would reach out with the grace of God to those who have been stained by abortion. I'm going to ask that you would contribute to an environment of love, acceptance, and forgiveness for those who are caught in crisis pregnancies. I'm going to ask that you would act with your pocketbook, your time, your votes, and your prayers to help eradicate the evil of abortion from our land. And for those of you who have had a, an abortion and you're on the inside looking out, I'm going to ask that you would receive from God the forgiveness that he has purchased for you. That you choose to believe God's word that tells you nothing can take you out of his hand. And that you would ask for help to take the steps needed to begin to forgive yourself and experience the freedom from your past. Let's pray. Lord, I just thank you so much for this morning. I thank you that we have an opportunity to celebrate life, Lord, our life that we have, that you have blessed us with. And yet, Lord, you've called us to do more because there are those who never get to experience life. Lord, I pray that you would challenge us as a body of believers to be a voice for the unborn, and not just the unborn, but those, um, Lord, from the unborn to the elderly, because we know that you place great value on every life. 
God, when this day ends and we start our day tomorrow, help us remember that there will be 3,300 more lives that will be extinguished from abortion and that there will be walking wounded men and women all around us in this community. Help us, Lord, to extend your grace and your mercy and to see them through your eyes. Lord, I thank you for this church, for their love and support and prayers over the PRC, for their partnership with us and for allowing us the opportunity to present this morning. And I pray blessings on this church and, and the pastor, Paul, Lord, who, who has a heart after you. And God, I pray that you would move in this body through their um, series they're doing on the Helper, Lord. I pray that every Sunday that there would be awesome testimony giving you glory for what you're doing in the lives of your people. For, Lord, you've called us to step out and to serve those in our communities and those around us. And so, Lord, I just pray for holy boldness that you would allow us to do that, that you would give us that courage. And, Lord, we thank you for it. And I just ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.